Okay, if the Spirit is working in your heart, though, don't resist it, right? Don't resist what God wants to do in your heart because it could, it could change your life forever. It really could. So let's be sensitive to the Spirit today, okay? And even if the Spirit isn't working in your heart yet, today could be that day when the Spirit kind of convicts you for the first time. And you're like, whoa, that feels weird. I don't know if I've ever felt God talk to me before. You know, it's kind of a cool thing. Well, first of all, I owe you an apology this morning. I led you astray a little bit, which I do sometimes, but this was an accident. Um, I told you if you really read Judges 4, you would find the secret, but it was in Judges 5. So some of you, but you know what? Some of you really, 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 really read Judges 4. And that's not a bad thing, right? To read through the story. But did anybody figure out, it's sadly in Judges 5, but did anybody figure out what God did or maybe a leader told you? Do you know? That's it. He made it rain really hard. Okay? And the chariots were wiped out by a torrential flood where the banks of the river rose, okay? And the chariots were just wiped out. But you would have only figured that out from Judges 5. Did anybody else figure that out about the flood or the rains? Okay, one, two. I led you astray. It was, it was my fault, not yours. But listen to this, Judges 5, verses 4 and 5. Lord, when you went out from Sire, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped, yet the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord. It's this like tiny mention, okay? But if you study the story a little bit and use commentaries and all this stuff, you'll find out that the, the rains came down and the floods came up. Do you remember that song? The rains came down, the floods came up. Well, I guess that happened in this story too, only that was like the wise man built his house upon a rock. Different story, but same situation. So God took out the chariots too. And we know that the battle could not have been won without God, okay? And uh, it couldn't have been won without God anyways, right? It takes God to win those kind of battles for sure. So the other thing I told you we were going to talk about today is JL. Why does she get glory for murder? Okay, we're going to answer that question today because it's really important. But before we get there, the top of your page says light versus darkness, right? Find that page. 15. So who wants to argue with me today? That was fun. <laughs> that was really funny because that little girl was right. Whoever you were, you were right. She kept trying to help me and I kept trying to argue with her. Good job. It's kind of a funny moment from last night. But page 15, okay, page 15, you have a little word search on there if I get boring. It's slightly blurry, but your eyes can handle it, okay? Yeah, page 15, it says at the top, light versus darkness. Have you ever noticed two sides to your personality, a light side and a dark side? I know you do, because I've seen some of your dark sides this week. And I've seen some of your light sides this week. I've seen both, but I have both in my personality. And what's weird is the dark side is not always rational. You ever notice that? Like, doesn't always make sense why all of a sudden you feel like there's an inner monster. Nothing really is wrong. You just feel like an in, you have an inner monster coming out. Anybody with me on that? Yeah. And the, sometimes the monster can be taken care of with like chocolate. 
It's really weird. Coffee, if you're, yeah. Like really little things can like push the monster down and bring out the light, you know? Well, I have a couple stories from childhood. I know you like my stories. So I was trying to think, can I tell you any stories about my inner darkness? From like kind of around your, well, one of them's kind of around your age. I was a little bit older, maybe 13. But um, my family, it's one thing I keep telling you is what's something I hate? Did you pick up on that? Heat. Heat. So when I was about 13, my family decided to take a vacation to Florida, and they were super excited to tell us about it. And I immediately was already like, is it hot? Of course it's hot. It's Florida, but I'd never been there, okay? So we drive from Pennsylvania. We were living in Pennsylvania at the time down to Florida. It's hotter than hot. It's like yesterday times two. At Remember one o'clock yesterday? How many of you were in the maze or playing squinny ball or whatever at one o'clock and you just felt like the sun came down to earth and touched you? Okay, so times that by two and you have Florida. It's pretty much torture on every level. I don't understand why old people move there. I don't understand why people go on vacation there. It's like sign me up for summer camp at the sun. Just sign me up. So they told us they were taking me to Florida. My, I have two little brothers. And I don't know, there's something strange that happens right after your age. It's very strange. It's mysterious. Okay, you, you go from sweet, a sweet child, to an absolute irrational teenager. Hormones are raging. The monster inside comes to live on the outside for a few years. And no one knows why, really. Okay, well, that was happening to me at that point in my life. I was a sweet child at one point, and it all went away. And I like to think that Florida opened the gate. I really blame Florida for this. Florida opened the gate to the monster within. So we get down to Florida, and it's just hot, 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 hot. That's it. All you ever are is hot, unless you're in the air conditioning or right in the pool. So I just turned into one of those teenagers. I just moped all the time, had a bad attitude all the time. And here's the funny part. My brother still makes fun of me today because apparently I was in such a bad mood that he was standing by our family minivan Okay, out in an unbelievably hot parking lot where the asphalt, the, you know, have you ever had that? It's like the ground is trying to burn your shins. The sun on the, you know what I'm saying? And I was just so mad at that point that for no reason at all, I walked by my brother and just body checked him into the family minivan. <laughs> just boom, for no reason. <laughs> Although, little brothers, I mean, somewhere in history, he definitely deserved it. And I had been storing it up, (laughs) just body slammed him. I think I got in trouble for it too. But my parents were honestly scared at me at that point. So it was like, not really sure what to do with her, you know, she'll only get more mad. So that was one story. That was my dark side. Okay. Anything to, to do with heat brought out that inner monster. But here's another really great story. Something else that I hate, and I haven't told you this yet is germs. I struggle. I just do. I struggle. I don't struggle with dirt at all. 
like dirt from the outside. I struggle with germs. So like the effects of COVID, I enjoyed that for a good long time. Like, okay, everybody that's normally on a bus with me and is coughing and sneezing in my face now has a mask on. I have my mask on and I'm smiling inside, right? Now restaurants and cafes that used to be absolutely nasty with sticky tables, you know, and everything. Bathrooms, public bathrooms, you'd go in and just be like, uh. okay, everything got better. Suddenly signs are up saying, We've, we finally cleaned. <laughs> we finally cleaned for you. I'm like, hallelujah. Okay. And I just have this irrational fear of germs. And that can bring out the monster inside. So here's what was happening. A few years ago, I came home from Germany and I was in Pennsylvania shopping with my mom and two sisters-in-law. We took like a girl's shopping trip to Amish country in Pennsylvania. Although no interest in the Amish at this point. We were at the outlet, the outlets. Okay, doing some outlet shopping. And uh, it's just exciting if you live in Germany because there's really no great outlets in Germany. And um, so I was excited and my nieces or my sisters-in-law were, were excited and we're going in all these stores and being quite successful, arms full of bags. And this time, I'm really happy because it's winter. It's the middle of winter and it's like winter, winter, like really cold. Icy wind is blowing through the parking lots and I cannot be happier until this one moment where my love of winter combined with my hatred for germs. And I had to pick. Which one am I going to go with right now emotionally, right? Loving the icy wind, but something terrible blew. A cold wind blew. And blew something right onto my lips. Yep, so I have my arms full of bags. Okay, and a cold wind blew. I had chapstick on. Beware of chapstick. Because anything sticks to you then. Okay? Better to have dry, raw, bloody lips. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. So, I have chapstick on or lip gloss or something. A cold wind blew a giant pigeon feather onto my lips. But, I know, I know. It gets worse. Initially, I did not know it was a feather. So if you think that all it is is like hair attaching itself to your lips and your arms are full, what are you going to use to get the thing off your lips? I kept licking it. I kept licking the feather. Okay. Until finally, I somehow, somebody finally opens the door to the store for me. And I like dump my bags on the ground and finally have time to take the hair off my lips and realize <laughs> I've been licking a feather from the parking lot. And I thought immediately my germophobia took course and I immediately just start freaking out, thinking of every disease I probably just got. It was like... I'd been licking like a pigeon popsicle, just all over, you know? And I'm thinking inside my head like, I'm, I'm a goner. And whenever I think I've got something, I get real symptoms. 
but it's coming from nowhere other than in my head. Anybody with me on this? If you think you have it, suddenly you feel like you have it. I have nausea, headaches, the room is spinning, right? Like my eyes are watering, my throat is closing, nothing's actually happening. But I feel like I have bird fever. I'm making up illnesses. And I'm telling my mom and sisters-in-law, and they're literally like, we've known you for years. You're fine. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're up to their armpits in sales, sale racks in the gap or something. And I'm dying of pigeon flu. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> there's light and sometimes there's darkness, right? And that even exists within us. Even after we come to Jesus Christ, okay, there's still that darkness, that old darkness that tries to kind of come back out. And the Spirit of God is the one that continues to tell us, okay, no, choose light, choose Christ, choose godliness, choose the fruit of the Spirit, right? We've got to listen to that voice or the darkness wins. But there's this cool thing that's happening between the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay? And I'm going to explain that this morning quickly. Why is J.L blessed for murder, okay? Because there's something interesting about the character of God that comes out again and again in the Old Testament, and it does in the New Testament as well, but completely different scenario, okay? God is, one of the things that he is, he is, of course, love. God is love, okay? He is worthy. He's holy. He's a lot of things, but one of the things he is is he's just, just. Okay? And he is a God who has to deal with darkness. Right? He can't let darkness go. He is also light. There is no darkness in him, the book of 1 John says. So God doesn't have that like we do. We have some light in us, we have some darkness in us, and certain times, certain days, the light shines through. Some of times the darkness shines through, right? And we have to like control the darkness as humans with God's help. God doesn't have that. He's completely, entirely light. Everything about him is light. There is no darkness in God ever at all. That makes sense to us, right? <clears throat> so he has to deal with darkness. We often call darkness sin, right? He has to deal with darkness. Can God just kind of ignore it? He can't. He can't ignore it. He can't turn his back on it. He is just. He's like a judge with a gavel, right? He has to make the right ruling guilty because that's justice. We all talk about justice in this country, right? We love justice. We love when the bad guy gets what he deserves, we love that. But God believes in that too. Justice wins, okay? The evil should have to pay, right? And in this story, you see that. That's part of why J.L. gets blessed, is Sisera and the king were so evil. They were so wicked. It wasn't like she, she just killed a guy that was, you know, on the, Isra on the Israeli side and just not having a good day, she killed an enemy of God. And she's considered blessed for that, but only because she was used by God. She was used by God to bring about justice. 
Okay? Makes sense. God has to deal with justice, which is why the Bible says the penalty for sin is death. The penal- there has to be a penalty for sin. Same reason why Adam and Eve had to go through some consequences and ultimately leave the garden of Eden, get kicked out of the garden of Eden, and someday die physically and immediately die spiritually. Start to experience a separation from God, okay? There's all sorts of consequences for sin there. And that's why we have to come to Christ. We're born in sin. We're born sinners. We're born as members of the dark side. That's really hard to understand and to figure out because when you're born into a Christian family, you, you feel like you're born into the light, right? Oh, I'm born, we're, we're, we're the good guys. But until you come to Christ yourself, you're batting for the dark side, okay? You play for the sin team, sadly, until you ask Christ to rescue you. And if you've asked him to, he's already the one initiating the rescue. Because really what he's doing is he's rescuing a dead person. You're alive physically, but you're dead spiritually, okay? So you can't even reach out to God. He reaches out to you, and you simply stick out your little hand and grab his and let him pull you out of that pit, okay? So God has to deal with sin, which is why we run to Jesus Christ. Now, in the New Testament, you, you hear all of this stuff about loving your enemies. Well, Jael didn't love her enemies. Wasn't she supposed to love her enemy? No, this was back in the Old Testament before Jesus had died, right? God used her for, just, for justice against Sisera. Some big bug. What was that? Oh, okay. We're all right. I thought it was like a rat. A pigeon feather coming back to get me. So <laughs> I'm like, what was that? Anyways, so yeah, in the New Testament, we're told to love our enemies. Why? Okay, well, here's what God did to solve the problem of evil. We kind of touched on this last night. Jesus. Jesus. He used his own son and put all of the judgment onto Jesus. All of it. All of the judgment for every sin that every person in the world throughout history has ever committed or ever will commit. He put all of that judgment onto the scapegoat, Jesus Christ. And was Jesus a sinner who deserved it? He was perfect. In him also there is no darkness because he is who? He's God. He's God's son, but he's also God. In him, there is no darkness at all. And all the darkness of the world was placed right on him as he died on the cross for our sins. Which is why when we turn to Jesus Christ, we make a little bit of a trade, okay? He took our darkness That already happened. He took your darkness. He took your sin. But when you decide to accept what he did on the cross for you, you get to trade 
your darkness for his light. And you get to put on his light and his righteousness like a robe. You get to accept that white robe and put it on you. Even though you've done all sorts of terrible things and will do all sorts of terrible things, he took all of that for you. And through only belief, faith, you get to make a trade. Jesus, you get my darkness. I'm so sorry. And I want your light. That is not a fair trade. That's where justice works in our favor. And we get to accept the righteousness of Christ. And you won't get into heaven without that robe of righteousness. You will not stand before the throne of God unless you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You'll be on the outside looking in. Well, maybe not even looking in. You'll be on the outside. And that'll be a terrible, terrible, terrible day unless you've come to know Jesus Christ and accepted his righteousness. That's why we're so serious about this. We want you there with us. I want you there with me. But more importantly, I want you to know Jesus Christ. I don't want you to pay for your sins. I want you to accept his righteousness. Does that make sense? That's why in the New Testament, we're told to love our enemies. Why? Because everything's changed after Jesus. Everything changed. Jesus, while on the cross, hanging on the cross, said to his father, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How did Jesus treat his enemies? With a tent peg? Did he jump off the cross and use those same nails to hurt somebody else and attack his, the Roman guards? No. He just took it. And he took it for us, right? And then while on the cross, asked God to forgive them. That's Jesus. And after Jesus, that's how we treat people. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That is why now you don't turn on your friends who wrong you. If somebody, one of your friends turns against you or there's a kid at school that's mean to you, you don't turn on them and treat them poorly. You respond like Jesus. Love your enemies. If there's somebody at school, some, some girl told me about this this week. This was a cool story. Um, I know her name. I won't tell you her name, though, and embarrass her. But she told me in the pool yesterday that there's this little kid at school that just constantly mocks God. And you know what she does for him? She prays for him. She prays for him. That's pretty cool, huh? Love your enemies. Pray for them that persecute you. Because he's making fun of her God and in, by doing so, making fun of her and using really bad words against God. She then turns it into prayer. God, help this little boy to turn to you. Somehow he's full of darkness. Help him to turn to you, okay? She gets it. This child I was talking to yesterday, she gets it. We don't then strike back. Vengeance belongs to who? Revenge belongs to who? God. That's why in the Old Testament, 
we can read stories about this and know that God was just. Light won over darkness. And we can celebrate a victory in the Old Testament. But when it comes to after the death of Christ, we celebrate a different victory. Still light over darkness, but it happened on the cross. We're celebrating a victory that happened on the cross and that ended it forever. We celebrate that victory of light over darkness. Light always wins. Okay, and we know that if we team up with the light team, we're going to win for all eternity. We're going to be clothed in righteousness even though we don't deserve it. Will I still sin after receiving Jesus's righteousness? I will because I still have that old flesh inside of me. Okay, but he's forgiven it. And when God looks at me now, this isn't fair, but it is just. When God looks at me now, he sees the righteousness of Christ. He doesn't see me anymore. He sees Jesus. No matter how much darkness is still coming out in me some days. And that is not fair. It's incredibly loving and merciful. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, right? Light wins. And God is always just because of Jesus. God can now forgive us because of Jesus Christ. He took the penalty. Does this make sense? This is the gospel, okay? Look at these verses at the top of your page here. Judges 5. This is coming from our same story. Judges 5.31. Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord. See? Back in the Old Testament. Let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. It's still true, though. Enemies of God will perish. And those who love him, those who've received Jesus, those who have the Son and therefore have the Father, are full of light. And they will shine like the sun throughout eternity. Okay, look at the next verse, John three sixteen. We know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not spiritually die, will never be separated from God, but will have eternal life because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that verse tells us all it takes is belief. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that without you, there is no hope for me. I believe that without you, I can never be clothed in light and righteousness, and I will wander around in darkness. Jesus, I believe. Forgive me of my sins. I accept what you did on the cross. Some of you are still here today and need to say that. Jesus, my faith is in you. I don't want to bat for the dark dark side anymore. I want to be on the winning team the team Deborah and Barak were on because of their faith in God. I want to be on the winning team. Okay? Yeah. And then um, there's another verse for there, there for, you to read or for you to read later. But yeah, what Jesus did is love his enemies, right? What he did on the cross is love his enemies. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. This is good. We're going to end kind of right here, okay? Just with this final thought that yes, We laughed about it earlier. There's darkness and there's light in us, right? Both sides coming to play in humans. 
but not in God. God is completely light, and what we need to do is we need to run to the light, right? Like little bugs at night. You ever seen that? Of course you have, right? You turn out all the lights. The moon is out, the stars are out, but there's no big light lighting everything up. And if you've ever been on like a porch and there's still a light on, what's all around the light? The little bugs, right? The little bugs, the moths, they're all running to the light. That's exactly what you need to do and I need to do. And even after you come to Christ, we need to run to the light again and again and again every single day. And when I know darkness comes out in me again, what do I need to do with it? Confess it, which is... God, I agree with you. That's what confession is. God, I agree with you. It was sin. It was darkness. I know you've forgiven me, but would you help me turn from that thing forever that represents darkness? I don't want that in my life anymore. I'm a believer. Would you help me turn and turn right to the light like a bug or a moth at night? God, help me turn to you. That's what confession is. It's not pleading with God to forgive you. He did that on the cross. You've already accepted the forgiveness once and for all, right? I've accepted it. My, even my future sins are forgiven. But when I notice sin, confession is to say, God, I agree. I agree with you, the judge, that that was one of my sins that you paid for. And I don't want it. I want to be like you. In him there is no darkness at all. I want to be like you. And I'm going to run to the light again. Until more and more light is shining through me. And less and less darkness. More and more light. Until the whole world sees. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. You want to be shining out so much light that any exposure with the world makes them go, whoa, what was that? Right? I have this little final, final illustration. How many of you have like a little weird Alexa device at your house? Okay. Any of you have a light bulb or a lamp attached to that? Okay, good. Okay. You know what I mean now. And you have to actually say it, right? Alexa, turn on the living room light. And the light comes on. Same thing, though. I want to be full of God's light. But I also have to say that. Christy, let your light shine. Right? Act like Jesus today. I'm going to run. I'm going to go fill up at his word. I'm going to go fill up with light at his word. And then as soon as I leave the house and I enter the world, I'm going to say, Christy, let your light shine. Christy, turn on the light because it's in there. But that verse says, let it shine. Let it. I have to let it shine because I still have darkness that can rise up whenever it's, I'm hot, whenever a feather hits me in the face. Okay? Darkness rises up. It starts bubbling up again and I have to say, no. Christy, let your light shine. Right? Makes sense? But first, we have to be running to the light, the great light of the world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for any little girl in this room, any big girl in this room, who still has not run to Jesus for salvation. That is step one. 
running to the light for the first time ever and saying, I accept your gift. I receive what you did on the cross. I believe. God, forgive me. I want that forgiveness and I want your righteousness even though I don't deserve it. God, please save me. And if we have done that, then we need to be running to the light every day so that the darkness dims and the light grows in our lives. And the whole world sees God. And that's only possible by running to Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.